0: In 2002, median home cost was 160 grand and at a 7% mortgage wow. at at a 7% mortgage rate, that would be $800 a month. Okay? Wow. I know what the new number is that's today, that's a huge change. The, today the median price of a home is 420,000. Mm-hmm. dollars With a 7% mortgage rate, that's $2,300 a month. So that's Damn, that's almost
1: three times. That's what
0: I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. So that just feeds right into what we've been saying. It, this is an affordability issue.
1: Well, uh, damn, that's three times. And I knew what the average home price was. I didn't really think about the the payment relative to one another. That, mm-hmm. That's crazy. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Yeah, twenty years ago. So, and it's going to get. I mean, think about. It. Let's frame this. If rates do go up to plus eight percent plus,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's going to be even more than three times as much. Yeah. Exactly. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. Relax your mind and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high resolution audio. This isn't a different standard, it's the higher standard. And we're back, everybody. I am one of two hosts. I am Chris
0: Nahibi. That over there is Said Omar. Hello, everybody. And if you like this show, please go ahead and subscribe and leave an honest five star review.
1: And if you don't like this show, leave a five star review anyway as, as an angry way to say you hate us on the way out.
0: Yeah, on the way out. On the way out. So before we do anything,
1: we have to make amends for what was clearly a misrepresentation. We made a mistake. On what? And, and I, I want to make sure that we all understand that we're trying to be candid and forthcoming with one of our predictions not actually being true. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Said Omar said that he would never have
0: a social media account. And, in fact, he does right now. We fumbled that. We did. That's one prediction we finally got wrong. So tell him what your username is on Instagram. Dude, I don't even know. Said M. Omar? Yeah, he's, he's trying to be humble because
1: he has some people with some blue check marks, some famous comedians who <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping they listen to this
0: show. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. If you do, we should talk. That was, that was the best. I, I, I looked at it. I looked at the people who watched it. I'm still trying to figure out how, how to use this thing. And I say, babe. I think Brendan Schaub just looked at <laughs> looked at my stories. Yeah, man. And if he did, that's cool. Like, yo, bro. I'll, if you don't I'll know find the Brent... food truck, it... I'll get you the shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do you how you do everybody. Else. Yeah. If you don't know who Brendan Schaub is, you know, famous UFC fighter, now turned comedian. Boys with Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's got a, one of the leading comedy podcasts and Fighter and the Kid.
1: It, it is it is a great show. And uh, another another sneakerhead, so you got to show love between him, me, Adam, and you. We can probably talk about shoes for three hours. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, We need to set that up. All right, now stop being arrogant. Let's talk about the actual economy. Let's go. So this week has some notable events that are going to happen. If you follow my social media, those I talked about them in detail, one of which happened today. But to give you the release, this episode will come out on a Friday. So all of these will have happened. And if you don't know what those numbers are by then, you might want to check them or catch up to date or just listen to the next show that comes out on the following Tuesday where we'll probably talk about some of these things. So. Uh, On Monday, uh, today, the Federal Reserve Bank of New York released the Empire State Manufacturing Survey for October. We'll talk about that momentarily. Tomorrow, Tuesday, the National Association of Home Builders will release their, uh, in conjunction with Wells Fargo, housing market index for October.
0: Not much to talk about there.
1: Not yet. (laughs) Zero change. (laughs) It's still a problem. And the Federal Reserve will release its industrial production data for September. Keep in mind, that's a lagging month. On Wednesday, the Federal Reserve releases the latest beige book on current economic conditions among its 12 districts. Mm -hmm. And the Census Bureau reports new residential construction data for September. Expect that one to be really bad. Yeah, 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 exactly. Really bad. Yeah, Yeah. I cannot underscore badly enough.
0: Yeah. Everything's come to a halt.
1: And then finally, on Thursday, the Conference Board reports its leading economic index for September. The National Association of Realtors releases existing home sales for September. This has to, to start moving down, but, you know, you never especially, know. Especially with mortgage applications going
0: down, right, On the month. Well, yeah and, yeah, and where
1: rates are going, too, which yeah. we'll talk about later on in the show. And then, of course, we'll end it up with the Philadelphia Fed releasing its manufacturing index, which is not going to be hugely different than what happened with the New York State uh, manufacturing Empire State Manufacturing Survey. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll just I'll just read the direct quote from it. Uh, but obviously, as you recall, there are links in the show notes. There are links in our newsletter. If you don't subscribe, you might want to do that. You get them all emailed to you ahead of the show. Business activity declined modestly in New York State, according to firms responding to October 2022 Empire State Manufacturing Survey. The headline General Business Conditions Index fell eight points to negative 9.1. So to give everybody some perspective here, I think everybody thought this was going to wind up being like a 1.9 and it wound up going negative the other way. Right. So manufacturing is pulled back. So what this really is saying is that new orders, unfulfilled orders and shipments were all little change from the previous month. But delivery times held steady and inventories got higher. Yeah. So inventories are coming up and a lot of things that are that should impact this mm-hmm. are not happening. So people aren't buying the
0: stuff as much as they once were. Exactly. So, I got some more information on that too. So, there's wow, what were you going to tell me, bro? Yeah. You're walking yeah, that yeah, area. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, I knew you teed it up for me. So, the CEO of a major logistics platform uh, was quoted saying, retailers and the bigger buyers uh, or shippers are more cautious about the outlook on demand and are actually ordering less. This is on the heels of container shipments on routes between Asia and the US have also come way down. So, I actually looked into it, and some of these shipment containers, they're just leaving them there at the dock oh yeah you can have you been outside like long beach harbor recently yeah yeah. literally
1: there's boats in the water just sitting there yeah yeah so it's a real thing and and i'll say this this is where that whole supply and demand argument when you start kind of getting into the data that's coming out really falls on its face people were arguing well you know there's just uh, a supply chain issue and there's not enough supply to meet the
0: demand and consumer spending still high no this is saying the exact opposite this is proving the exact opposite exactly what i was going to say so i mean there's even factories in china now are being reported to just completely freezing, stopping all work altogether. Yeah, and I
1: think you're going to start seeing that in in a lot of different sectors uh, for a number of different reasons. You're going to see lenders right now, I think we're on the forefront because of the interest rate hikes Yeah, and interest rates kind of jumping up. and, And we should probably talk a little bit about that on the episode, on the live that I did with Adam. Adam Shaver from Mind Pump. You guys didn't check that out. That I was, was in the was room. You were in the room. Yeah. Before, pre-social
0: media that you yeah. had. You actually got social media that night. Yeah, yeah. You guys did such a good job that I was like, oh, man, I want to be a part of this one day. Yeah. Well, Adam did such a good job. I, yeah. I was mainly just trying to sound smart. I mean, obviously. Because I'm American
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam said on that live that he thought rates were going to hit 8 to 10%. And to be honest and completely transparent, I hadn't really thought where rates were going to go that far. Because Saïd and I were kind of looking at year end. We've been really focusing on getting to the fourth quarter. We thought that the fourth quarter would end somewhere in the neighborhood of high sixes, low sevens. And we're already in the high sixes, low sevens, depending on what kind of product you're getting. Right. With two interest rate hikes yet to come. I know. And, and presumptively, the next one is going to be 75 basis points. And there's some data we'll talk about uh, later on in the show about that as well uh, coming out that's really suggesting that's going to happen. But mm-hmm. according to the real deal, mortgage rates could continue to rise to eight and a half percent. And even though if you follow the show for any length of time, you know that I'm not a huge fan of Lawrence Yoon, who's the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors. Mm-hmm. But this is quoting him. So I'll say sometimes I think he's got some stuff to say that I, I value. And
0: sometimes I'm like, eh, you're a little bit of bias. But he, he was one of the two leading chief economists that came out to say at first this is a housing recession. He was, which was surprising because I, I don't normally like a lot of what he has to say. Yeah. When
1: it, well, well, I should say this. When values were going the other way, yeah, I staunchly disagreed with some of his tack. and he was one of those people who were very, very hesitant to say that that values going to go down. And to this day, he's still kind of not admitting that values going to go down. He said it's like a one percent increase, right? But um, he's for some reason he's really embraced the interest rate scope. And I will say there is a hint of biasness there. Okay. In that the National Association of Realtors, who he is the chief economist for, has traditionally believed the solution for affordability has never been lower home values. It's always been lowering rates. Yeah. So for him to put a focus on why on how high rates could go. Yeah, this isn't this isn't our fault.
0: This is really someone else's yeah, fault. Yeah. Affordability is not a problem because of the housing prices,
1: it's because these rates are gonna go so high. I oh, by the way, we yeah, think yeah, it's gonna yeah. go higher. Right. Uh, so with with mortgage rates approaching 7%, a prominent real estate economist, i.e. Lawrence Yoon, mm-hmm. Uh, Says another big spike could be on the way. He goes on to say that uh, Thursday, if that if interest rates break the seven percent threshold, which we've already seen them break a little bit, but he's talking about on average across the country, which it's just below that. It's in the high sixes, Mm -hmm. six nine, I think it is, something like that. He said uh, that it is likely that the surge uh, will be all the way up to eight point five percent. Yoon based his forecast on key levels of resistance. uh, Borrowing costs will face. uh, I'm sorry, key levels of resistance that borrowing costs will face. After news last week that an important indicator of inflation reached a 40-year high, and you caught that on the previous episode for us. He goes on, and this is the final quote that I'll read from Lawrence because I've had enough of him already. Today's inflation rate report is going to test that 7% level. Yoon said that same Thursday, once it's broken, the next level of resistance is 8.5%, which would be another big shock to the housing market. I don't think there's a whole lot there that's, I mean, oh, once we break 7%, 8.5%, no
0: shit. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> we're almost now going to be triple what we were a year ago. So here's here's kind of a funny thing to think about. So now,
1: you know, the National Association of Realtors perspective, right? They think the solution to this whole crisis is rates mm-hmm. coming down, right? So they're always going to argue rates should come down, rates are going to be higher. He's not saying that he really believes
0: eight and a half percent is the number that it's going to get to. He's just saying once you pass seven, eight and a half next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I hate when people say like, so how, how old are you? Oh, I'm uh, tw- almost 25. So you're 24. Yeah, yeah. Like, just answer yeah. the question. Just bro. answer the question. Like, what are we doing? Yeah.
1: But this is how some place. And the real deal is actually I, I like their their reporting a lot. But their headline was I mean black with like red accents. Mortgage rates could continue yeah. to rise stilling, to eight and a half percent,
0: instilling fear. or the fear is already here. Like, yeah, I don't need this,
1: bro. I know <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Yeah, exactly. But it did kind of echo what Adam was saying the other day. So I felt like you know what I'm gonna give Lawrence Yun the win on this one because it supports our boy, and I'm good with that. Right. So uh, there's a lot of places we could pivot to, but there is one thing in particular I want to talk to. Shortly after this whole conversation, our live, uh, I think on Monday uh, it came out. No, it was Tuesday. Mm -hmm. The uh, Bloomberg finally pivoted. Mm -hmm. The forecast for the U.S. recession Within a year, hit one hundred percent.
0: They have their own like analytics department that they're based in the Yeah, with. I right. I
1: I heavily rely on Bloomberg's probabilities of things for like interest rate increases, for things like this. Mm-hmm. They've in in my mind they've been pretty spot on over time. I mean, keep in mind it's all predictions, but right, yeah, they're forecasting that within a year it's a hundred percent probability that there will be a recessionary economy. And, and this was an article by Bloomberg Business, which basically said that is a blow to Biden and his
0: in his campaign i don't know if you saw it. and just remember you know the national bureau of economic research ember still hasn't come out and declared a recession
1: and when they do we we have always been of the mindset that january 1 2022 mm-hmm. the first month of the first day of the first month of the negative gdp decline in a quarter the first yeah. quarter was is typically when they go back retroactively to declare a recession so they'll right. say so there's a lot of controversy a lot of stuff that came out from the White House if you remember basically saying that oh two months of negative GDP growth
0: is not a recession man. Yeah, even though 10 at, the last 10 out of 10 times it was. Yes. Yeah. That, that's actually not hyperbole, that's real. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so So but apparently we're assholes. Yeah, I went so I actually went a step further and I went on uh Enver's website to check out like so what are you guys talking about? You know, what's going on at you know at, at this bureau? Yeah. So I looked it up and they're publishing these working papers right now on all the effects of uh, COVID after the fact.
1: Yeah, it usually takes them a, about a year, if not a little longer, to yeah. really declare a recessionary economy. I so mean, some
0: of the stuff is like really interesting, but I'm like, really, this is I – mean, we can't – Well, it's so old. Other it's, yeah. it,
1: it's, they spend so much time like, diving
0: into like, stale shit to try to figure out what they're going to declare retroactively. You're like, bro, this is not real. This is the best we can do? Yeah, so just for reference, if people are curious – Some of the stuff that they're working on is student learning loss and recovery due to COVID, mortality impact of foregone medical care for non-COVID conditions. I mean, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like, it sounds fancy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Labor market changes associated with the pandemic. I'm like, let me explain to you what happened. Shit got fucked up. Now we're here. Let's move on on, to the recession. Labor market changes. Yeah. People still have their jobs and like a lot of jobs <laughs> did you not see the white house put out their statement yeah yeah the labor market is strong america yeah man it's exactly. the one thing
1: everybody's been echoing over and over god damn it yeah this is what's wrong with society yeah. shit like this is some guy is literally probably writing like a massive paper right now doing a ton of research and probably gonna win a nobel prize for that shit and we're sitting on a podcast making fun of him yeah exactly It's <laughs> <That's> fucked up <laughs> All right, To finish off the uh, Bloomberg business statement just to give you some idea of how much movement there had been. The latest recession probability models by Bloomberg economists forecast a higher recession probability across all time frames with the 12-month estimate of a downturn by October 2023, one year from now, hitting 100%, Mm. up from 65% from the comparable period in the previous update. Mm. And if you're Biden hearing that, you're like, God damn it.
0: Yeah, God, man, I tried to do everything to not mess up these midterms. I thought we changed the definition of a recession for this shit. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's all I had to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that that didn't quite go his way. If you see there, so I started to ask you before, but you cut me off because you're rude and arrogant. But uh, there's a video uh, (laughs) out there on the internet, you should look this up, where he's eating an ice cream cone, like a waffle cone, right? Biden? Yeah. And like somebody from the press is asking him about the economy. Oh no. And he
0: basically was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, he don't give a shit, bro. <laughs> it was, it was, he was he was yeah, so he's not gonna be no he's not gonna be around to see how this shit plays out. Come yeah, on, I mean, man. It was it was hilarious. Cause I mean,
1: I don't care what you're talking about. This is not this meant not political. Let's just say you're talking about like going to see your family.
0: <laughs> he looked like such a G in a suit. It no fucks. Eating an ice cream cone. <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. I'm good, brother. What you doing? Yeah, exactly. We really want to talk about this right now. Yeah, he he was Why are you ruining my ice cream? Yeah. It, it was, it was probably mint chip too. <laughs> I don't like mint ice cream. <laughs> no, no. Gross. Come on, man. Why why do My that? My wife loves the mint just chip. Just go all in. I don't like that. Yeah, just go all in. Wait, what is it? What's like, your go-to? Because I know you have some. I could mine's me. always a fatty stuff. I like the chocolate peanut butter mix as Chocolate peanut butter oh, mix. All bro. that bro? stuff. Anything like dang. Rocky Road. A little self-control. I don't really eat ice cream, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that was a test. I don't, I don't have ice cream either. Come on, man. Come on, man. You got social media now. You can't make these kind of statements. <laughs> the world will catch you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this, this is going to be bad. This is not good this for be, you, bro. Yeah. What are you doing?
1: <laughs> well, uh, one more silence for Saeed's altruism here. It's that, <laughs> not not a good thing. Okay, so one of the things that came, that I came across was an interesting chart that I wanted to share with everybody. There'll be links to the, in the show notes, okay, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, this is one of those things where I think it is really telling, and it's not a traditional metric. Mm-hmm. So there's a house prices to national ways, wage index. Yeah. Right? And it's the Case-Shiller National Index to wages, if you want the actual technical name for it. The graph shows a ratio of the Case-Shiller National House Price Index divided by the National Average Wage Index. Oh, yeah. The wage index is first divided by 1,000 to get the numbers into approximately kind of the, the zone they need them to, so they can be charted very well. Mm-hmm. This uses the annual average National Case-Shiller Index since 1976 and an estimate for 2022. hmm and what I'll say is if you're looking at the chart, there's a huge bump that goes from 2000 all the way up to 2006. Yep. And so it's come back down. Right. And I would say if you were to look at the same chart and you were to start in 2012, we are almost exactly at the 2006 height now in 2022. Yes, we are. So what we're really saying is here is what led to the Great Recession as far as affordability issues. Right. We're there again. Now, I'm not saying we're going to have the same credit issues and the same defaults that we once had, mm-hmm. but I do believe that we're going to start to see an uptick in more as unemployment picks up, as salaries come down, as this continued inflation starts to spread like wildfire, like it already has. And if, if you're taking, let's call it 15% conservatively, if we're being nice to the government, okay. is versus the 20% of real inflation, I think most people are feeling. yeah, And then you start taking away income on top of that from their wages. If yeah. you're a commissioned employee, you can see how affordability, people's ability to make their mortgage payment, can go away pretty
0: quickly. I know, and I'm I'm curious to see how quickly the you know defaults start to tick up. Hopefully not, but it, it is a fear, right? So um, I got some numbers for you on that too. In 2002, median home cost was 160 grand, and at a seven percent wow. mortgage at at a seven percent mortgage rate, that would be 800 dollars a month. Okay. Wow. I know what the new number is. That's, today, that's a huge change. The, today, the median price of a home is $420,000 mm-hmm. with a 7% mortgage rate. That's $2,300 a month. So that's damn, that's almost three times. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Yeah. So that this feeds right into what we've been saying. It, this is an affordability issue.
1: Well, um, uh... Damn, that's three times. And I knew what the average home price was. I didn't really think about the, the payment relative to one another. That, mm-hmm. That's crazy. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Yeah, 20 years ago. So, And it's going to get, I mean, think about, let's frame this. If rates do go up to plus, 8% plus, mm-hmm. it's going to be even more than three times as much. Yeah, exactly. Just gonna make it worse. So until the value is come down, which we're not really seeing. I mean, we might see later this week if, if some of the reports have come out, but I, I doubt you're gonna see a major dent.
0: Yeah, but we're not I don't know. I'm not anticipating a sharp decline in, in that.
1: No, I, and I don't right. think I don't think you can because I think what most people are doing at this point is they're saying, Well, I'm just not gonna sell. Yeah. But right. so we've seen listings come down. There's not I, I think that that's what we're gonna see is we're gonna see less listings. Yeah. If that has any value. But according to fortune, and here's the title of the article where home prices in your local housing market are headed in 2023, according to Zillow's revised forecast.
0: I did a little bit of research here. Did you? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah a little bit. You do a lot of research on the song selections for your post. I got to tell you. You know, I'm going to tell you that straight up. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, best in the game. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I hate tooting your horn, but...
1: You, no, you can toot yeah, the shit pause. out of my horn. Yeah, okay,
0: let me tell you right now. I know. I yeah. know what my audio Hold game on. is. It, it, when, I, when I saw it today for the first time, it was frustrating. Uh, why? It was so good. <laughs> the songs. Like, you yeah, know, I'm just, I know that I want to compete yeah, with this.
1: You're gonna have to try hard. Yeah, I mean, I've curated a, a brand of audio, and this is a set. If you were if you were a blind person, and you were on social media, and you were just tapping through my stories, <laughs>
0: you, you would feel good about yeah, you, what you were listening. Or to. Or you knew what the post was about. Or roughly, yeah, yeah, because
1: the same sen- Empire State of Mind got Jay Z. Yeah, you. I mean, there's you even, know even the
0: song selection for the Q and A.
1: Ah. Oh. So good. I, I'm not giving you the name. Stop trying to get it from you. Oh, yeah, Yeah, I'm a Shazam <laughs> that <there>, bitch. <laughs> See, that's, how, that's, how, that's how much of a rookie you are. The name is in the top left corner, you asshole. <laughs> it's elevator music, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I did some research on Zillow's predictions. And for those of you who know my criticism of Zillow, it's I've always felt that their Realtor.com and even Lawrence Union for that, that, that matter is, is one thing. We've always found that that redfin has been uh, was redfin yeah yeah redfin yeah sorry redfin has been generally a little bit a little more forthcoming forthcoming and accurate to good and bad trends in the market realtor.com has been a little heavy on the pricing stuff and not so much on on the home values that you know talking more about interest rates and stuff than they are really about values going one way or the other
0: right. zillow has just been stupid stupid yeah yeah, well, you could tell that there there's an incentive there that they're playing towards. Right? I mean, if you want me to be articulate,
1: they've been discombobulated with their reporting. If you
0: want me to be real,
1: yeah. they would have be been completely full of shit. Yeah. Completely full of shit. So I'm going to read some numbers to you, and I want you to think to yourself, like, how can you
0: fuck it up this bad? Okay, here we go. I was always skeptical, though, before you get into this, because it's, it's, it was odd, because Redfin and Zillow, they both have agents, right? Yeah. And when one was, like, tooting doom and gloom, and the other one was saying, nah, everything's going to be fine, man. I'm like... Well, I mean, why would, yeah, why would, you, why would I mean, Redfin do that?
1: These are essentially the same websites.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I got to understand
1: one has probably more volume than the other one, but they, they do the exact same thing in the exact same sectors. They have, they all have economists. I mean, they all have the same like, feedback. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. How can you guys be so off? And I'll tell you why. Zilla was dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Problem solved. Let's move on. Uh, Zillow predicted that home prices would rise seventeen point eight percent between February twenty twenty two and February twenty twenty three. I'm going to pause right here.
0: Are they talking to Dave Ramsey? What, yeah. what, what, what? Dave Ramsey? Value,
1: real estate value. Now is the time to buy. Real estate values never go down. Yeah, exactly. And look, let me be honest about Dave Ramsey. There's some of his advice that I, I like. Okay,
0: you know, it's not all bad. But it's just so easy to make fun of. Yeah, it is. But look, the stuff when he gets into like behavioral economics. Okay. Yes, it does. That, that stuff does matter. But you would hope that you can get past that at some point. Right? Well, here's what I would want. I would want someone to say they were wrong. We predicted that you would never have a social media. Yeah, I was wrong. I started this episode. I was wrong. Admitting that you were wrong. I have no problem admitting And that. you screwed up our reputation on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, 99%. It's okay. I did that for it's you. Like that one, it's like that one one-star review that we got oh man whoever the fuck that was i'm gonna find you yeah it's fine i'm gonna find you you're not being honest find you yeah
1: okay so back to the on point stop distracting so they predicted 17.8 percent rise between february 2022 and february 2023 this on the heels of what was two years of a collective about 45 percent increases Mm -hmm. so i mean i mean let's just round up 18 right they're they're talking about you know 63 percent in the matter of three (laughs) years i mean does that even sound rational not a problem yeah it is not a problem but don't worry this got revised yeah a lot, a lot, yeah. Weeks later, they slashed their 12-month home price outlook. April down to 14.9, May down to 11.6 percent, July down to 7.8 percent, August down to 2.4 percent, September down to 1.2 percent, and now somehow miraculously,
0: 1.4 percent. They went up. It went up. <laughs> it went what up? the fuck? Yeah, how is that even yeah, happening? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we cut it too much. And still, and still, they're wrong. Like, how can you revise shit every single month and be wrong? And there's still, imagine how many people like use, do they sell any data that people use to invest? I mean, I know we don't, I know that we don't look at it. uh, We don't use it, but that's what I'm curious about. Is like, there are people out there that look at the only data they sell is the contact information for people who access
1: their website. Really? Yeah, I think I think if you access their website and you try to like go through them to get referrals, they sell yeah. you off as a lead to
0: somebody else. Right. But they could when we've talked about this on the show, not, you could I don't think they sell you like could it. take you could take any any amount of data, any points of data. So if they were just to, you know, mention the sales that they were still receiving up until like what, a month or two months ago. Mm-hmm. People were rely on that data. And, and that's that's and that's the thing. I don't know if you ever listed a property on Zillow, but if you list a
1: property and you look it up on Zillow, the, the value is always pretty damn close to whatever your list price was.
0: Oh, exactly. That happened, happened for me when we listed the house, uh, my last place in Riverside. It was. I remember we listed it slightly above whatever Zillow estimated it at. And then, sure well, enough, next day, boom. That's your value. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly.
1: You're, you're welcome. So I read an article uh, by The Guardian. And I'm not a huge fan of The Guardian for a lot of reasons. Really?
2: But oh. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm, not, I'm not a fan. Okay. Never, I've never been drawn. I mean, it's not like it's intentional. I've just never really been drawn to their content as far as like economy.
0: I thought like, this was like, a great like, article. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, I thought they broke it down pretty well. I was going to tear this thing up. Really? Really. Let's go through it. Probably should have put that in the notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a good article. Well, let's go through it.
1: No, it's not terrible. So the title is Latest U.S. uh, Inflation Data Raises Questions About the Fed's Interest Rate Hikes. Mm -hmm. Experts say raising rates isn't working and the real culprits are corporate pricing, energy costs, and supply chain. So I found this article fascinating in theory because Mm -hmm. there's there's a couple of things to, to think about there in and of itself. But one of the Unknown things is that the the Fed also has the ability to raise capital levels for banks when they think there's going to be a run on liquidity right, so if the Fed believes that people are going to go to the banks and start pulling out money in mass quantities, yeah they can kind of supersede or oversee the primary bank regulators on some level and require banks to hold more capital to offset that so that there isn't any fear that your banks are going to shut down right that number has been held at zero effectively since uh well, well before the pandemic. I'd have to go back and check the date on it. But that's one lever they can pull. Now, that lever has never been pulled for anything besides a fear for run on liquidity. And right now, even though we're drawing liquidity out of the markets, there doesn't seem to be the same fear that there was during the Great Recession where people are like, oh my God, my bank's going to close down. I'm going to pull my money out. Right. If that were to happen, the Fed could do that. And what that would do is that would also draw more money out of effectively the fiscal system on some level. Yeah. But this takes a different look. It says corporate pricing, energy costs, and supply chain. Mm-hmm. And when I read that the title, I thought to myself, well, corporate pricing is really a function of what the Fed is doing right now. They're drawing this money out,
2: mm-hmm.
1: trying to have corporate revenues come down. Right, You'll see multiples come down for some of how these companies trade. You'll sort of see, see them. In their Wages revenues. go down. Wages go down. Stock prices go down. Mm-hmm. Energy costs going up. Eh, that may or may not have a whole lot to do with the Fed per se. Right. Uh, I think it has more to do with things like OPEC cutting 2 million barrels a day. Yeah, exactly. And supply chain, we started off the podcast talking about that. Right. You know, it's not really a supply chain issue at this point, despite the fact there's a ton of rhetoric about that. And there are some issues for sure in certain areas of supply chain, automotive chips and stuff like that. Absolutely. Right. But not for everything. Look at the Empire Report that we talked about.
0: Yeah. Right. So I was joking about liking this article. Uh, that what, was not what, what I thought, what I thought was you hilarious. Just read it right now, while I was talking. About no, 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 no. Look, look, look. Well, so, what I thought what was is that h- notes. Yeah, what I thought was hilarious wow. about the article is they say down at, at the very end, so everyone from the show notes can go ahead and read it. The article mentioned the Fed is restricted to monetary policy policy and can't directly do anything about corporate pricing or supply chains. But Powell could be more vocal. Yeah, be that, more that vocal. Stop. He's no. been as mo- as vocal as he can be. He has been the most vocal fed secretary i think i've ever heard right so um i don't know man i don't know what what more they they feel like he could do they're saying that companies should take a more holistic approach i think it was um and help the fed out to like work in unison but uh man
1: i like this too because this article came out recently yeah and they say the biden administration's most meaningful step to address soaring energy costs has been a new plan to wield the strategic petroleum reserve Yeah, The nation's reserve of crude oil as a price control tool by effectively setting a floor and a ceiling on the price of oil. And the Saudis came by and said, yeah, we'll go ahead and take 2 million barrels of oil off a table. You're welcome.
0: Hashtag bless. (laughs) Ha, you thought. <laughs> you thought you were going <laughs> to fix that problem. <laughs> but yeah, we're not, laughing not, about it. Yeah, I'm laughing because so I'm, I'm crying on the inside. Yeah, you're not crying. <laughs> I, got, I got a Jeep. It hurt. I got an
1: electric car, bro. I got the Tesla. I'm going to drive that to
0: work. Yeah, hey, I saw it. was parked outside. I yeah, know. The rap looks good though, right? Yeah. yeah. How would you give the guy a Jeep wave earlier on the live and you weren't even driving the Jeep? I own a Jeep. Uh, I can uh, give I, the Jeep wave anytime I want. No, no, you can't do that. You can't. You can't do a Jeep wave in the Tesla. Get the fuck out of here. You oh, can make it. bro. You come can't. on. First Jesus. of all, you shouldn't be doing any kind of Jeep wave while you're on like a live. Right.
1: You're new to social media. I have to teach you the rules.
0: Yeah, as, as the head of the Jeep organization, yeah. I'm kicking you out.
1: <laughs> Nothing, nothing's more irritating when you're in a Jeep and you wave at somebody and they literally look at you and don't wave.
0: Yeah. I. I you saw me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what that means? It's like, I did not like your Jeep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yours is a piece of shit, bro. <laughs> get at me when you got bigger wheels on
0: there, okay? And non-Jeep people are like, what is he
1: talking about? Uh. <laughs> all right. So, there is a Business Insider article. I'm going to put a big asterisk on this. I don't like Business Insider for a number of reasons. It's titled, Recession, Financial Crisis Outlook from Nobel-Winning Economist. I liked this article as opposed to Saïd's false attempt at sarcasm earlier. Mm-hmm. Reading you Dweck, Dweck, Dweck. a Dweck. Dweck, quote. <laughs> Dweck quote. Projections published by the Central Bank signaled policymakers will lift its benchmark rate by another three-quarters of a percentage point in November. And a half point in December. Mm. Sound familiar? Nobel Prize winning economist says uh 75 basis points in November and then half a point in December. And wow. I'd like to point out, wow. Said
0: Omar said that man on the fucking higher standard. Hey, hey 2023 Nobel Prize winner for economics. Come at <laughs> your boy. <laughs> Actually, it takes a lot longer. Bernanke just got his, so <laughs> you're like. Maybe by the time you hit your late 50s, early 60s, you yeah, might get I'm one. I'm going to go ahead and say it because, like, once it's said on the internet and on the waves, it, it's true. I don't think you get a Nobel Prize if you use expletives to describe your monetary <laughs> it's policy. It's okay. I'm the number one uh, chief economic person in the world. That's me.
1: Number one chief economic person. What is that Yeah, that's mean? it.
0: That's it. I win the Nobel you, Prize for economics. You're the chief economics. economic
1: person? Are you just reading the article out? <laughs> <Yeah. mean. laughs>
0: Jesus. That's me.
1: Yeah, well... <laughs> I don't know if you want to be this guy. He looks he looks pretty nerdy. I don't think you could. He, he looks like he's nerdy, but he's worth a whole lot of money. No, he's, you'd be surprised. A lot of these Nobel Prize guys aren't, aren't worth a whole, a whole lot of money. Really? Yeah, they're altruistic, man. They're all about, like, you know, doing the right thing.
0: Oh, man, that's a like, shame. They dedicate their lives to their craft, unlike uh, you. I'm, I'm, like us. We're dedicating our lives to this craft. Bro, we, we're here man, for like I have a lot of similarities twice. with this guy, man. <laughs> Stop.
1: <laughs> similarities with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is not owning Jordan. Let's do that right now. <laughs> yeah. Since we're making fun of people. Right. There is one person I got a bone to pick with. You love picking on her. I no, that's she de- not true. She deserves that's, it though. That's not true. It's, she it's deserves well, it. It's well it's well deserved. It's she did this shit to herself. And yeah. I'm just I'm out here like, aerate, you know, yeah,
0: putting this out there. It's like it's like her and Brian Moynihan. They're they're both getting it. Uh, All right. Kathy Wood's ARC,
1: not Kathy Wood, but her ARC investment fund mm-hmm. penned by her, sends an open letter to the Fed. Mhm. to try to convince them to stop raising rates. Yep. I
0: shit you not. That's actually something that they did. Yeah, I know. I mentioned it on the last podcast. Did you really? Were you not paying attention? No, clearly not. We talked about it. That she sent a letter to the Fed. Yeah, but you but you addressed this after the fact, so I'll let you go ahead. Do I really ignore you that much? <laughs> yes. I feel like we're married now or something. Did,
1: did, you, did you really bring something the last episode? I really did. Yeah. It comes out tomorrow. I'm going to listen to this shit and feel yeah. stupid. Oh, I mean. right, you're going to feel hella dumb. All right. Well, we didn't read it though. Yeah. yeah. No, I did. I mentioned it. You, you no, we didn't read it. Yeah. We didn't read the whole thing. Basically what she says in this article, which she openly penned to the Fed was that they're, they're looking at lagging indicators that the market's going to swing way back the other way. Mm-hmm and that she wants uh, she wants them to back off this hyper-aggressive monetary policy.
0: Right. And They're doing
1: more damage than they are helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, this is terrible. CPI and PPI are not as bad as you think. And by the way, when things swing the other way, it's going to be terrible for the economy, and you're going to force us into a recession. And then she literally ended it with unanimous, question mark, really, question mark. Yeah. Could it be the unprecedented 13-fold increase in interest rates during the last six months? Likely 16-fold come November 2nd. Especially if you're a Nobel Prize winning economist. Right. Has shocked not just the US, but the world and and risks a deflationary bust.
0: Yeah. Um, Um, But like... We're supposed to be deflating the economy. Yeah, we're supposed to be taking money out of the economy.
1: That's the only way to solve this problem. And a deflationary bust is just a ass backwards way of saying a recession yeah (laughs) yeah 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 exactly it's it's, it's cute that you add some words. so the the comment section in this was fire yeah it was so i'm reading it right now (laughs) i I
0: wanted i was like can we please read this first one who is she oh yeah down 80 percent this year 80 plus percent this year come down there (laughs) the fed is always
1: wrong invest accordingly that was a cute comment i didn't get that one my the next one's one of my favorites this woman literally thinks she has that type of influence. That's a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. That's like, funny. what are you doing? That's funny. She worried. Skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also wrote a letter, lol. <laughs> 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 get real lady your investment thesis isn't holding up so well this is what I've this is what
0: I've been missing out without social media maybe what, you what? should
1: pivot do better in the current market skank skank was a little harsh that's harsh yeah, don't that, take it that was on, that, man. that, some, was, a, that some was some
0: oh a comment by me oh
1: wow look at this it's got one like so it's, it's obviously it's noteworthy <laughs> noteworthy First and foremost, she has made several bets against the market that did not pan out well. So even if this was written in earnest, it comes off as self-interested desperation. The mere inference that she understands the economy better than the Fed is baffling in and of itself. But she is right. These are lagging indicators, lagging indicators that have yet to move at all and are likely to go the wrong way in the near term due to things like OPEC, polar economic policy worldwide unrest, and more. Mm. Did she really think artificial interest rate deflation for 14 years and pumping the economy with liquidity for nearly as long was going to be undone in a year? The market has more declines in it, and she is right to be afraid. She needs to take her L, like everyone else, and accept this is going to happen. Yeah, man. God damn,
0: I'm like Socrates when you get me on social media. What do you think it is? you think she's just fighting
1: to keep her place? I think she legitimately believes where she's her position that this is this is too much. There's a lot of people on Wall Street who feel that way because I mean the
0: markets had a pretty significant drop off and it's going to continue to drop off. Yeah, according according to Jamie, right? Another twenty percent, and the next twenty is going to be harder than the first twenty. Jamie, oh Jamie Diamond, the Mister Jamie Diamond, yeah, yeah, according to him, and and a lot of people for that matter. But there's
1: people on both sides of this polar perspective uh, of them moving the market too much, and a lot of smart people. Really don't feel like this is the right tactic for the Fed to take, and I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah, I really don't understand. It's the only way to really fight this thing. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do if you're the Fed? You're just yeah. going to go, okay? You want know, to reverse economic policy? We'll
0: wind up just being like just like London, and now their currency is being devalued. The dollar's going up, and right. Is there are happening? Is there not a real fear for like hyperinflation? Is that that's the only way that is, I see this? Like you can only make that argument if you're not afraid of hyperinflation. You know, I haven't heard anybody really talk about it. To be honest with you. Yeah.
1: It, it, I mean, I watch CNBC a lot. I read all these articles and, you know, I I spend a good amount of time looking into this information more than most, I would say. And no one's talked about hyperinflation at all. At yeah. Can tell. yeah and hyperinflation and we is just when the
0: inflation it. becomes permanent. Yeah. We're, we're seeing it,
1: though. I mean, yeah. we were literally seeing the kind of the early stages of it. But again, I mean, you, you had a Fed that was talking about a soft landing and we can avoid a recession. Now everybody's talking about their Bloombergs is 100%. There's other people who say that it's not so high. And the, the amount of, of differing opinions. I mean, it's it's staggering. Yeah, if, if you're not an economist, you're not somebody who follows the economy, and you look at these things, it can become very overwhelming. Who do you fucking believe? Yeah, yeah. Somebody labels himself an economist, and you go, that person has to know the economy, right? Economist, right? And so many times, they know the economy, but they know their sector in the economy, and they have an inherent behavioral economic bias. Now, I think
0: I do think that we we agree that the Fed is acting a little late here. Right. Oh, they acted a year, yeah. year too late. A year too late, year and a half too late. Um, But the silver lining in this is in the long run, it should help low income to middle to moderate income households. Right. Because the affordability right now is going to get to a point where it's so out of hand that, you know, they'll never be able to live the American dream, maybe own their own home at a location they want. So this will hopefully correct that and get us back into a position where maybe um they can fulfill those dreams.
1: I mean I have serious concerns about how this happens if I'm being objectively honest in that something has to break.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? We if it doesn't I'm even more scared. And somebody asked me today why 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 how that makes sense or why that's okay. And I'm not saying that it is okay. I'm just saying like look uh when it comes to humans, people, yeah, adversity builds character, right? Like right. you go through these tough times in life and if you can persevere, if you can make it through whatever it is that makes you feel so bad, mm-hmm. you'll come out the side of it with more character, more strength, the ability to overcome, and you'll build these qualities of a leader, of somebody who can persevere. And yet the economy is, is very similar. If we go through the Great Recession, you can make it out to the side. Right. You'll come out of it better financially. Yeah. You'll come out of it being worth more, knowing more about the economy, knowing more about business. How to better protect yourself, And plan, right? And then, if you think about the economy in the last fourteen years, like a kid who grew up having everything, Mm -hmm. people grew up having everything. They have that proverbial silver spoon in their mouth, yeah, and they're entitled and they're spoiled. But we don't see it because that's all we know, right? I know, and and that's that's the part where I fear for what happens because the other the other side of this same fear is is if you don't have a catalyst for something to be significant, Mm -hmm. and this just continues to. Eke away, it's going to be a long time before we get to that target rate of two to three percent that Fed wants to get to. Yeah. So it's either we have some type of adversity, big pain, in the next year or two, or this slow, painful, long ride is going to take a long time. And to give you an idea from a historical perspective, recessionary economies tend to match the length of the prosperous economy leading into them. That's scary. It's very scary. I will say that. The only things that I've seen historically that shorten those things up is a dramatic falling off. Think the Great Depression. Think the dot-com boom. Think, you know, the Great Recession. Yeah. Uh, right. So
0: it's almost like, pick your poison. Which one would you rather have?
1: Yeah. And, and I, think, I think in a lot of ways, me as a consumer would rather have the shorter, more painful agony, let's get this thing fixed and let's move in and move on. Right. Than I would a prolonged period of pain because... How long do you wanna ride at super high unemployment? How long do you wanna ride at people struggling and fighting to make things happen? Right. Because during good times, we talked about this on a previous show, during good times, it's easy to be a business person. Anybody can be a leader when you get a W every night. Yeah. Can you be a leader when you're getting L's every day? Exactly. You know, what's your character? What, how do you get through that? Mm-hmm. So it scares me to think that I don't know what that catalyst is right now. Sometimes I think it's gonna be affordability. You know, things are just going to get so unaffordable, things are going go to go halt. But that's not going to be a falling off of anything. Yeah. And then I think sometimes it's going to be as unemployment creeps up and people start to pivot. That's going to that's create a lot more challenges in the economy. And because inflation is not coming down rapidly, employment will, will go up, right? And go up and go up and go up. And then there'll be like this pain point. And then maybe that's where we start to see some breakage. But And then now we have a worldwide economy, which is more interconnected than we've ever had before. And a lot of people say, Chris, you know, how does this, how does this happen? I don't have an answer. I don't know.
0: Right. I can just tell you right now, I don't see the horizon. I, right. I don't know what's on the other side. Of this. Right. We, and like we mentioned before, no two recessions are, have ever been the same. So it's, it's impossible for anyone that's painting out this picture to make you think like they know how this is all going to play out. That's a, that's a bit of a reach.
1: Which is also why I get so frustrated with all the talking heads on places like CNBC who go on and it, you know, it's typically the same. Right? You'll see a man or a woman usually dressed very well, business attire. Right. And they, they, they sound so confident. So like so just manufactured and, and just present. Right. That you're like, okay, they they have to know. They, they, they sound articulate. They sound prepared. They they, right. they know. Mm-hmm. They have this presence. And you're like, they they gotta know. They,
0: they they're in the business. And you're like, well, what business are they in? Yeah, well, how many people also have the time to listen to that person and then go to another person and then weigh out what they have to say and then go do more research? Oh, then don't get me started with people who are like, oh, this person's on my political side. So I'll listen to them. They must be right. And yeah. That
2: just
1: yeah. Drives me fucking crazy for all sorts of other reasons. But I, I don't know where this all goes, man. But I'll, I'll tell you that the data that we're seeing right now is pretty clear that nothing that we've seen yet has been the answer to fix the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And unless we see something happen. That's going to be a dramatic, significant impact. The, the X factors, I like to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, synthetic mortgage-backed securities, wild credit practices, the Great Recession. Yeah. Dot-com boom valuations in, in the fintech space and kind of stuff that went crazy over there. These are things that you can look back on and say, well, documented, this happened and it caused this. Right. right? So I, I
0: don't know what this is that'll cause this recession per se when you look back on it. For me, the only thing that I can think to is the amount of money that was being printed and just pushed into the economy, right? Yeah, but that's not in and of itself, based on what we're looking at right now, going to be an overnight or a quick resolution. Right, exactly. It's going to be a pain, painful process where they have to now pull the money, quantitative tightening, like we've talked about, mm-hmm. pull the, pull money out of the system month over month over month. And we've talked about how you know different bureaus and different parts of the government are they're not working in unison with one another. So it's making the job even that much more difficult.
1: Yeah. And it's going to continue to be difficult through the midterms. And then it'll go through the election with a lot of conversation and a lot of rhetoric that's going to drive people absolutely crazy. I mean, if this shit's bothering you now. Yeah. Just wait till we get into 2023 and election season starts. And we're going all the way through to November 2024 mm-hmm. when the next election is. And then guess what's going to happen the next day? Stock market's going to surge because yeah. of behavioral economics, because of hope. Yeah, the market will surge on a level. I mean, so hypothetically, the market go down another twenty percent. It could sit down there and be like low, and just have some peaks and valleys on a lower, you know, forty percent down from the highs or something at some point in time. It could sit there, and then it could surge up like crazy after the election. That would not surprise me at all. Yeah, it doesn't matter what industry or sector you're in, people are going to have a new hope, right? For whoever it is, it's elected. But we have some Q and A, brother. Let's go. You actually shared some of them with me this time. I did. I, I allowed you to prep a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of it, but a little bit. A little bit. All right. Uh, both of y'all favorite books, one from each category, real estate, investing, and
0: business. Mm, this is good. You you saw the question in advance. Did you prepare any books? So I got two. Mine is, I have a different way I was going to take it. Well, I'll take it however you want, brother. So um, Take it. O- over the last like decade or so, I haven't made enough money to invest the way I would like to, right? So the, fir- the financial book that I would want to talk about is actually you gave me a book on commercial real estate analysis that ultimately got me into underwriting.
1: Was it the NBA book? Which book was it? Uh,
0: no, it was just commercial real estate. It was some like college tier book. I don't know. The
1: white one? It was a white yeah. cover? Yeah, yeah. You have a funny story about that book. Do you really? Yeah. No kidding. So when I first, um, nobody tell anybody. It's a secret between you and me and the audience. Okay. okay. And the five listeners. Uh, remember how I told the story? How I went into my first job interview in commercial real estate, and I lied my whole way through it. I said that I knew more about it than yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I read a book. I spent up. I stayed up all night. I got kind of found a book. It was an NBA book. It happened but just random ass coincidence. Found it like a Barnes and Noble was the only one. I sat right, up right. all night long reading a book. That yeah. was the book that I read.
0: That was the book. Yeah. It's so funny because I remember when I, when I came over to the bank and I really wanted I really wanted to learn this and I wanted to prepare for the interview. I didn't know what the interview process was going to be like. Yeah. I got this book. I'm reading it. I'm just like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. I think it was just more of a test to be like, let's see if this motherfucker's even gonna read this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that it, it was that book. So that's not one that I couldn't even give you the name of the author for you to go and find, but any book on, you know, learning more about commercial real estate. And then the other book that I'd like to mention um is investing in my kids mm. is uh Raising Lions. A great uh parenting book that I highly recommend. It's it's worked wonders for me and um, my wife for our son and our daughter a lot of valuable information there all right so i'll give you some
1: books that that i like um I, i've always liked rich dad poor dad uh from an investment perspective just because it changes kind of the way you think about things there has been some turmoil about rob kiyosaki and that book being manufactured and not based on reality but i think the lessons there are are very valuable and palpable to this day despite whether you believe it to be true or not mm-hmm um for real estate uh rental property investing and the multifamily millionaire both of which by uh, Brandon Turner mm-hmm. he's from uh was it uh, deeper pockets or bigger pockets bigger pockets mm-hmm. uh, and he runs uh, a syndication group right now but both of them are written uh very well and i like them a lot he also has i think one on managing rental property that i never read that i've heard uh is pretty good right and uh let's see investing in business there's also a couple of business books that i like um from a management perspective that i can put into the show notes later on yeah uh, I, I read a ton of books on just general business uh way back in the day one of the one of the first books that i read was multiple streams of income by robert g allen mm-hmm. I about that book a lot not because first of all it was written quite a long time ago at this point in time and he's had some economic woes but the point of the book was that he didn't have one single path of income he, he had multiple streams of income from different things that he was doing i think he was a millionaire at one point and also sold mary Kay, right and some other things but it wasn't lost on me that that there's there's no need to to think that you you will go to work you work a nine to five and you're done yeah and so it, we're talking before the show um just about you know, kind of some of the things that that I'm doing uh, on a daily basis, and and I truly live, but I live that I, I live yeah. like I do have multiple streams of income, and I do pursue multiple things, and it, it can become overwhelming. And the I'm one
0: probably one of the few people that have have enough of an insight to just scratch the surface with how much you got going on, and it's it's fucking impressive. <laughs> Uh, how much you have to deal with it. and i know you're going to be modest and, I'm, and it's 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 absolutely crazy
1: it's about progressive load though it's not like i, I like walked into all these things right you now like it was it was like one thing and then another thing and then another thing mm-hmm. over time and so much of it i'm under i'm under ndas
0: with you know i can't right. really talk about it so it, like the progressive load you've been putting on them. wait <laughs> uh, <laughs> i want to give this guy a quick shout out though who sent in this question because him and i uh, was one of the first people that i had uh some chats with online. He wanted me, I think it's Ted lifts, right? Ted lifts help. Ted lifts help. Yeah. He wanted me to let you know that uh, he likes me more than you. That's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's inaccurate. That's what he said.
1: All right. How does it feel knowing Saeed is on Instagram now? Real feelings, bro. Oh, I gotta be honest. I, I felt that I finally corrupted the little bastard and <laughs> I feel really proud of myself that I've tainted him in this way. And if you caught the live that we did just before the podcast recording tonight, he can't get off his phone. No, no. You're, that, you are addicted already, and I am
0: so proud that you're addicted. No, no,
1: I'm not. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not proud addicted. of
0: you. No, no, no. But um, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to interact with people more.
1: Why is Insight's picture on the podcast logo? Because he's it, too large to
0: fit on. Enough, he's, yeah, Chris thinks that it'll bring down the ratings. <laughs> <laughs> he's so arrogant. Listen, bro, your face <laughs> is not good. No. Oh, 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 I have to tell you. This is what I want to tell you. That reminded you of some shit? This reminded me right there. That's that not, accent. That's that accent. Good. So uh, my, my wife and I, this past weekend, we went um, to an engagement party. And the kids were over at grandma's house. So uh, we got to Uber. Um, so AKA we got to drink a little. Oh. And and at, at one point in the night, I don't even know how it came up because the night was kind of a blur. Um, I'm she, proud of you already. Yeah, yeah, wow, she, you. She, she leans over to me and she goes, cryptocurrencies cryptocurrencies <laughs> <laughs> i could not stop laughing the official chris gmail.com i couldn't explain to people why but it was absolutely hilarious i almost want to email that guy like every day and say <laughs> i love you it was very nice uh
1: the true story is is uh we're waiting to do a photo shoot with the world's greatest photographer irma uh irma does all of our stuff including the photo you see on the cover there uh we'll do a new uh photo shoot, and then we'll actually redo the cover as part of a rebrand of the podcast, which will include a more succinct and eh, shorter intro and uh, possibly changing, changing the theme music up a little bit. Yeah. site so is not a fan of that, but we're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should a newbie's first investment
0: be when it comes to real estate? Mm. Be careful. Your sister asked this question. <laughs> oh, my sister has this yeah. question. So, newbie into real estate, something that cash flows, right? So, Grant Cardone would tell you, don't ever buy real estate for yourself. <laughs> don't,
1: don't, put your, don't put your money where you live. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no. Don't listen to Grant Cardone. Uh, here's what I would say. If you are renting currently and it, you have enough money to put down where it's cheaper to buy than it is to rent, then buy a home. If you're currently renting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking to get into real estate, there are lots of ways to do it via the stock market and things like real estate investment trust, which will give you some of the benefits of real estate, including depreciation, amortization, write-offs like that. At least your pro rata share of the syndications i'm not a fan of that that's um never been my way of doing it although there's lots of people who, who do it that way
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, i've always liked saving up enough money to buy a property in a town that's uh, got a lower point of entry than than you know southern california for example or right. some parts of texas i like oklahoma we talked about it a lot in the show but there mm-hmm. are places it is alabama according to adam adam he loves that there and There's lots of places all over the country. You just got to spend the time and do the research and fall in love with the process. And you'd be surprised what you can get for like 30 or 40 grand if you can save up the money.
0: Maybe explain to people. I think the the biggest fear for people to get started in that route would be investing in something that they're not going to be able to maybe go out and see every day and Mm -hmm. invest in a market they have no idea about. Mm -hmm. Um, So how do you get comfortable with that?
1: One, physically go to the market, check
0: it out. Spend the
1: money, the couple hundred bucks for a flight to wherever it is that you think you can get to. My uncle, who owns a lot of real estate, uh, he has a theory. He doesn't buy in any place he can't drive to in about 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, that's how I would feel. And that, that, that was kind of his tact. But he also bought real estate when it was a lot cheaper. Yeah. Uh, my take on it is this. I have to build relationships, build a rapport, know people I trust in the market so i'll fly there i'll literally meet with realtors i'll call people up and i'll try to engage them as much as possible you'll find that adam from mind pump does the exact same thing he's, he's very very good at, at building those relationships better than i am frankly yeah uh, but i've learned over time it's a practice apathy for me that i, I know that i have to do this and mm-hmm. i'm trying to get better at it as just a human but it's just one of those things but, that takes time.
0: But then also, if it's a market that you invest in and you invest in again, then now, now you know the market. So you, maybe you yeah. built, built a relationship with a realtor out there. You have a property management company so they can do the work for you. It's why I've got seven properties in like a couple mile radius out there. You know, right. I know that area so well, I wanted more there specifically.
1: Exactly. So that's why. Um, can you help me set up my corporation? Mm. Big Willie, who asked the question.
0: Yes, dude, I already offered, bro. Why are you asking me? Of course I'll help you. Oh, so you know? Oh, okay. You yeah. know this, but I was going to ask, like, there's, I feel like there's so much more to this. Why a corporation? Why not an LLC? So he just got his broker's license. Okay. And he's, he,
1: in California, you cannot have a professional um, license like a broker's license for real estate under an LLC. Mm-hmm. You have to have it under a corporation, whether it's an S-Corp or C-Corp. Okay. Um, if you're filing in the state of California, you have your articles of corporation. You have your bylaws, which are not get filed with the state. And then you have your initial filing if you're, um, you're um, blanking out here. Let me outside.
0: Uh, what, the Directors? Yes, your, your statement of information. Statement of information, right. Blah, blah, blah. right. Still, a or, or a list the CEO, the president of the company, uh, the secretary, yeah. all that.
1: Right? And in most cases, it's all the same person, and it can be. That being said, in, in the state of California, it's an $800 minimum filing fee for your corporation. There's a couple different ways you can do it. But yes, I'm absolutely help, willing to help you out. Uh, and for those of you who are uninitiated, there are other co- types of corporations like professional corporations, like law, f- law firms, for example, are always professional corporations. So a non-lawyer can't own part of the corporation Right. and some other things there as well. Uh, should we just stack chips right now and wait for the turnaround or try to find that one in 10? Man, I've been looking uh, for a while now and not, I've yet to find a deal in the last several months. And to give you an idea, historically, I typically bought like one or two properties a year, every single year. And last year, I think about one. Uh, the year before that, I bought none. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh,
0: nothing. So what, what's it looking like for you? You've been stacking chips so that you can now buy more in the upcoming years or investing in other things? I, I've been telling everybody who's asked,
1: we've given this advice out a number of times on the show, hoard your cash right now, plan. I, I do think there, there is a market coming up that will be a once-in-a-lifetime buying opportunity for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. That being said, every three months... Start today. Three months from today is your, is your second one, and you know, three months from that day is your, your next one. Mm-hmm. Look at the market. Figure out where you want to invest. Get to know the market. If you're trying to build relationships that we talked about in the previous question, build those relationships. Know the market trends. Know the values there. Spend the time to do it. I know you want to hire a realtor. I know you want to trust somebody, but you really can't when you're first getting into it. You need to have you need to have some ownership, pride of ownership, and the knowledge and that core knowledge of the markets before you pass that off to a right. You can't delegate what you don't understand
0: to do. Right. Not entirely, but just enough to know the market. And you want to know the market so that when your realtor tells you something, you can also, like, fact check them. But also, uh, keep listening to the Higher Standard Podcast because we'll be popping champagne bottles when this thing turns out. You around. know? Yeah, we're not all doom and gloom. Yeah,
1: we're not all doom and gloom. There will be very happy times in this podcast, and I can't wait. I cannot fucking wait. Me too. For the one that you buy. Yeah, me too. So, and you know I'm going to help you do that shit. Yeah, I can't uh, wait. That being said, yeah, just every three months, keep a look at the market. If you see an opportunity, buy one. Now, here's what I will say for the one in 10. Uh, the one market, the one property that I bought last year was uh, off market and a realtor called me. said they want to close quick. They want somebody who's, you know, strong. They, here's our price. They don't want to negotiate. And I think I bought it for $258 and a price for 261 Oh, okay. Maybe it was 358 See, uh, something like that but it'd it for higher right slightly higher whatever but that was an off-the-market deal that was for a realtor i've done business with before that's probably how you can find that one in ten at least for right now mm-hmm. uh is a beachfront resort condo a good real estate investment compared to a traditional uh transitional apartment mm. Mm. so condos townhomes uh apartments if you will stuff like that or the you know apartments you would own i'm assuming uh those are generally not going to appreciate in value the same way single family residents will right so if you buy them just know that uh your your upside potential and growth as far as equity value is not going to be as high right you're doing it for cash flow purposes but if you buy it for cash flow it, it's a great property now i'm not a huge fan of the airbnb business but if you are in a resort condo uh it, beachfront in particular you, you probably have some opportunities from an Airbnb perspective so long as the HOA and the association that it runs it. And there's no mm-hmm. state, city, county laws that prevent you from
0: doing so. Do you that, have any properties with, that you put on Airbnb? No, no. Yeah. Uh, to me, I, that that would just be a whole lot. I wouldn't want that constant turnover. I, w- I would love to own something to where a family can build memories there and hopefully build some roots in and stay for a while. It's not even that, man.
1: I'm lazy. Uh owning an airbnb is more of a hospitality than it is owning a true rental property mm-hmm. uh so like a hospitality it's a service-based business you make as much money as the service you provide
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh and you have to do it right and i'm not saying that you can't make more money there's plenty of people who make more money renting out properties in airbnb style than they would in a traditional month-to-month rental for me that upside isn't worth it I'd rather just have a 30-day you know month-to-month or you know yeah. for two years lease like for example the one i just signed recently and be done with it yeah I don't want to worry about it
0: Yeah, exactly so
1: One less thing to think about. One less thing to think about. Uh, If interest rates continue to rise 8 to 10% or more, would you still buy investment properties? Yes, I would. Uh, But just understand that it's going to take more money to put down to buy those properties at those rates so you can get to a cash flow uh, perspective. I think a lot of people ask these questions because they're they're thinking about single family residences as their entry property. Yes. When you get into the commercial real estate space, they're going to underwrite your cash flow and they're going to tell you what your loan value is. So effectively, what it really means is you're going to have a higher. you're gonna have a lower loan amount because of the higher rates, and you're gonna have a a lower loan to value because the property won't be able to support the higher debt
0: payments with the higher interest rates. Right, exactly. So we talked about it on the big commercial real estate episode. Mm-hmm. Those properties are looked at first source of repayment is the cash flow from the property. The second one is the uh, equity in the property, and the third is the sponsorship. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think you should always be looking to buy properties if you know the markets
1: well and you see an opportunity that comes up that you can make sense of economically. When you get to eight to ten percent though, man, it's gonna be tough, 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 tough for me to 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 wanna do that. I might, I might sit it out for a little while. Yeah. Because the value has to come down enough to make that worth my while. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife works for a med spa in Glendale that does laser um. hair removal. Interested, Saeed? Uh, yes, he is. No, yes, he it's not is my needed. friend. This is a we're joke. We're going to start a GoFundMe, <laughs> and we're going. It's not a joke. You're wearing <laughs> shoes right now. He was wearing shoes in the live. He does not show his feet because they are fuzzy. <laughs> That's not true. Fuzzy Wuzzy was I, a bear. I,
0: I, I don't like. Show, I'm just not the type of person that likes to have my toes out.
1: Fuzzy Wuzzy had some toe hair. <laughs> no, look, you can see my toes. Look, look. Yeah, take I it know, in. Take I it know, in. Yeah, Razor, yeah, really those, are some, those are some thick toes. No, I don't care what you call them. At least there's no <laughs> hair on them. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> thick
1: and hairy is a whole lot different than just
0: hair. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with this hair. He wants minimal it. Minimal hair. He wants it. Yeah, he does. Nominal. Call me. We'll hook that up. I'll work.
1: <laughs> if I got you a gift card, you no, no, I would not.
0: I would not. Yeah, no. I don't need My it. My man
1: owns a med spa in Glendale. He's trying to hook you up, bro. If they can I handle pre- it in Glendale, all the Armenians up there, bro, they can I, I, handle I would, you.
0: I would consider it just for the first sponsorship for the pod. I have no problem with that. I would pay him to sponsor the show yeah, to yeah, give you the, yeah, like, yeah, like we you we, we could do a whole like album photo shoot of like 40-year-old version with me uh, on the table and everything. Oh, that's what this is about. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a phobia here. There's, a,
1: there's no you phobia. talk. You want to talk about? There's it? no phobia here. It sounds like there's a phobia, bro. <laughs> like, no,
0: what like do you mean? Goes. No, I got, got my my back uh, laser hair removal on my back. They did it wrong. No, I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> I did. I went six sessions. You sure? Yeah. I'm back. not the first person that said that it comes back, but it's okay. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, job you on testosterone, it all comes back. Yeah.
1: Does inflation and recession go hand in hand, or has one happened without the other? Yes, it has actually happened without the other. That's a good question. Uh, I would say that they they very often do occur in in kind of symmetry, but um, plenty of times inflationary trends can go. I mean, obviously not to the extent that we're experiencing now. And when you see this degree of inflation, that's almost always going to lead to some type of economic challenge, and usually that's a recessionary economy. Uh, But historically speaking, you've you've seen definitely moments of inflation, uh, and certainly sector by sector inflation uh, that that have happened without a recessionary economy for sure. And the Fed has been able to kind of Monitor and you'll work through that policy over time. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say the inflation that we're experiencing now is, is much, much greater than we've seen historically. So in this particular instance, when it gets this high, a recession is is frankly a foregone conclusion at this point in time. That is it for the questions tonight, kids. Thank so you, everybody. Is, are you on your Instagram? Look at you. You get, you're on the show recording for Instagram. <laughs> if think, that's not addicted, that, bro, that, I don't that, know what to No, tell This you. is
0: what this is the service that I want to provide to the listeners. I'm gonna give you behind the scenes of what it's like on the pod. Bro,
1: you're dealing in the middle, with, you're in the middle of pod. This. This, this. This is, is, this is, is this what I, this I gotta no, deal no, with, right? People can't see this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Then you're on a podcast, bro. What's wrong with you? But I'm gonna post it to bring them over. Oh, come on, man yeah, come on man yeah. shit <laughs> all right well
1: before we wrap the show up once again thank you all for tuning in it means a whole lot to saeed and I, the numbers of the show have actually done uh, astonishingly well it, and it it really means a lot to us that all of you guys are here and you're taking the time for those of you who do consume the entire show it means a lot because the consumption rates are an important indicator to us on how we're doing if we fall off, for example, every time that Saeed speaks, which happens a lot, we know that Saeed should speak less.
0: Yes, yes. And I uh, I agree. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening and showing all the support. It means a lot to both of us. And I don't think, I think it's for both of us that I never thought that we'd get this far. So I look forward to seeing where this goes.
1: I'm not allowed to say that because I'm supposed to be the arrogant one. Yeah. I knew we were going to get this far.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. We're
1: the best. <laughs> yeah, we the best. <laughs> they didn't want us to get another one. <laughs> So we got another one. All right. Uh, take care, everyone. Good night. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you were listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts.